0: G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Huge guest this week. An incredible human that also happened to play some very good football. 166 games and kicked 7 goals for Hawthorne, St Kilda and the Fremantle Footy Club. It's Zach Dawson. Zach has experienced all the highs and lows of AFL footy and lived much of that in the face of the public eye. Not many have copped it as much as him and still performed at the highest level for as long as he did. Zach is one of the most highly regarded people and players I've come across within the four walls of an AFL club. And his public perception always annoyed me because he's a genuine superstar on and off the field. We touch on it all, getting eight kicked on him early in his career, being late to his own punishment session at the infamous Kerford Road Pier, getting delisted from the Hawks and turning down an offer from Ross Lyon, food poisoning the night before the AFL Grand Final, off-season trips and much, much more. I honestly cannot speak higher of this bloke. Honoured to have a chat with him and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Also, guys, a few special thank yous to some very special supporters that have really got around it this week. A massive thank you to James Cornell, Abby Merton, and Jackson Crawford. I love you to death. And to everyone else out there, stay tuned throughout the week on socials to find out how you can get a shout out. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Zach Dawson,
1: welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend, long time in the making. Thank you very much, mate. So uh it's been a, a long time coming, but uh, I finally made the list. So uh, thank you very much for having me, mate. I've you've been on the list for a long time. You've been a busy man, and congratulations! You just finished
0: a exam, so you haven't done you haven't finished your course, but fresh off the study books of your of your finance course. Talk us through that, mate. How'd you go? Did you ace them? Um,
1: yeah, so I had a uh, obviously lost my job uh, earlier in the year, so um, decided then and there that I'd get back into um, full time semester of uni. So um, which i had going on in the background anyway so I smashed out a full a full time uh semester of four four units um and two units to go um and then i'll have my master's done well done it's pretty, pretty special but that's fantastic um yeah it's it's hard work especially um with the pressures of footy and trying to you know especially when you come into the system you're trying to make a mark and you, yeah you know, to, di- to dictate a lot of time into that and not into footy it's big commitment because you you think when you come in you've got to give everything into yeah. um but I was pretty good at school anyway, so I just wanted to kinda of make sure I was ticking it over. And I, and one thing I was I ne- I was never comfortable thinking I was gonna be a three hundred gamer. So yeah. like I, I I knew it was a part time life, you know. So um I had to plan a little bit for the future. Yeah, but it well mate, it's funny you say that because I can totally relate
0: to that in the aspect of never being comfortable. But the only thing was you were Comfortable because you you know you played 166 games, mm-hmm. three clubs, and before you were saying as well you which we'll touch on all throughout the show, but not many people get delisted and then go on to play 100 games. Yeah, so you were one of
1: ten. Yeah, it? well I, I think yeah top 15. I think that of uh, most games ever after being delisted. But um, you yeah, don't fact check that, but Th- uh, I'm pretty cool. sure something like that. That's um, cool fact. Um, yeah, it's. It's a hard thing to do because um, the motivation levels, when you do find out that you've been delisted, it's hard to kind of have that belief um, go again. and go again. Mm. But um, yeah, as we'll get, get into a bit later with Ross. Like He was that one person that showed that bit of belief in me and kind of brought that out um, and gave me a bit more of a possibility mindset. We love Ross and we will touch on that. But firstly, I want to touch on because sometimes it's good to set the scene.
0: Um, we've actually known each other for a long time. Mm. Now, do you remember... Our first
1: meeting Yeah I do oh, You've reminded me of it So I do oh, I have Have yeah, I? Yeah. Oh fuck a, that, that the here, we, we oh, was okay. so <laughs> That
0: must have been after a couple Yeah it was Okay Okay um, Will you remember it? Yep Do you want to What's your memories? Because I don't remember
1: that conversation No Well you You, you brought it up that we um, um, Obviously our sisters are our friends Yes um, Went to the same dancing school Yes uh, In Essendon um, And um I'm pretty sure that one day you wanted to have a kick of the footy with me. So I think from my memory, you so you were TAC Cup at
0: this stage yeah. and there was nothing cooler, I think, that when you're a young kid, like being able to kick a footy with an older guy and I think that I'd been busting your mum, uh, I won't say balls because it doesn't make <laughs> sense, I, I was talking to your mum and I was just saying, please, please, can you get Zach down have a kick, can you please get Zach down and have a kick? And you came down. Credit to you. I had a kick. I had a kick for about fifteen minutes, and I was like, okay, that's probably enough. You probably taught me. <laughs> I taught <laughs> you a few things, and um, yeah, it was awesome, mate. So then to see you go on and and play some good footy, and then obviously we got back in contact later on in life with mutual friends throughout the AFL. It's been um, it's pretty pretty crazy, but um, I've always wanted to do this podcast, mate, because you're such an interesting dude, and um, like I said, we'll touch on it now, but there's so many um, good ups and downs and and learnings for people throughout it. But let's uh, let's go from there, mate. Obviously, call to cannons as a young man. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty talented team you played
1: with as well. Yep. Who were some of those guys? Um yes, we I got drafted as a bottom age, so I was seventeen, so back in the days where you could yeah, get drafted right. as a as a youngster. So um yeah, played in a premiership team, you know, three with uh, Brock McLean, Ivan Marrick, Eddie Betts, um and a lot of other guys. Was got, Swanny in that as well? No, no, he, okay. was, he was a year uh, False he was two years above. Yeah. Um but yeah, we won by I think ninety points in the grand final. Um I think it was 90 to zero at one point That's fantastic. um and um yeah it, it was a very successful year in the in the colder cannons um um history because yeah at that point we were pretty much the footy factory um but yeah being 17 i didn't really count on it i was finishing scores in year 12 and i i wasn't fussed whether i got drafted or not uh, because i knew i had another year left so um I kind of played my final year of footy at school at Pegs, um, Mighty Pegs. And, um, yeah, just had, had a pretty good year. And then played finals for Cannons that year and had a really good final series um, playing in the Ruck. Um, uh, 75 kilos. You played in the Ruck? Yeah, I was a drafted as a ruck, <laughs> Did man. you really? Yeah, I got drafted as a Because there's
0: vision of you playing for Fremantle in the Ruck against, yes. like... Collingwood one day and you yeah. get like all the clearances
1: yeah I, I got pinched hit a few times um <laughs> That's so good yeah like I got drafted back in the day when it was like the the athletic 198 yeah, centimeter yeah, yeah. ruckman you yep, know yeah that was all all the vogue the, yep. at that time and um obviously didn't grow um no to the neither. 202 204 you know kind of heights where you probably need to be these days yeah. um but yeah played forward most of my career um my, my junior career mm. um and then came in and played um, as a project player at Hawthorne. And so I didn't come in thinking I was going to play the next year or the two. I, I kind of felt like I had two or three years in me to, just to play develop, resies. get bigger, put on a bit of size. Um, <clears throat> I was pretty aggressive. I was pretty um, physical for someone that was so scrawny and skinny. Mm. Um, so I, I think they just thought if they could put a bit of size on me, it might be, it might be something. Um, and so I spent a fair bit of time playing twos, twos. The twos twos? Yeah, I won the best and fairest in the twos twos. The twos,
0: so, wait a second. So this is a so scoop. So the resi's
1: resi. This is a scoop
0: because we love the twos twos on this show. There's nothing better than playing twos twos. You're nothing saying better. that you're a pioneer I of playing was kicking twos. off
1: to Jew at Box Hill. that's what, 10am? It would we have been 10am, arrive at 8am. <laughs> 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 Up forward kicking bags. Um, in the twos twos In the twos twos And I won the goal kicking BNF In the first In my first year How many blokes At that time Were playing twos twos With you Um, A handful Maybe two. So there was actually It wasn't yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't Yeah Because I think At that time They had a cap On how many Could play In the actual Senior ah, team Ah okay And so there was Probably one or two A week you know, Fun in the two's, twos, Mostly in the, the roo- mostly the rookies. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, so good. And um so I'd I'd be out of there. I wouldn't even watch the seniors and just duck off home. Straight home. Know, straight home yeah. home by two. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there's oh jeez. And we've talked about it
0: a lot on this podcast, but we've got some players here that love the love the twos twos. Um the good thing was you're done early. Yeah. And you knock off. Yeah. How did that work though? Because obviously you're playing twos twos in
1: your mm-hmm. first year, but then when did you debut? Because in my third year. So third year? At the end of my third year. Right. So um, I was playing forward my first two years. And then um, in the third year, um, they'd had a couple of injuries in the seniors. I think um, Crody and a few others had kind of gone down. And Jonathan Hay was one. He kept getting okay. um, yep. hamstring injuries. And so they threw me back um, mid season um, <clears throat> just to have a crack at, you know, see if I could play mm. in the back line. And. Um, my first game I've gone out playing the North Melbourne twos in the in the in the twos not the twos twos oh in the playing on big senior twos on the senior twos yeah. playing on big sav in my first game at fullback. so I've gone 80 kilos playing on big sav rocker so wait wait sorry you, you when you're playing on sav rocker is this prior it's not to anthony rocker sav rocker yeah oh, sav rocker yeah so, so you, the family you have done for a Rockers. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you. Gee whiz, so that, that, thank, that, at Christmas dinners, like, at the Rocker family. They should yeah. be sending me a Christmas card yeah, every, yeah, year. every year. Yeah, every year. So you played twos, to, to, sorry, twos, twos, then twos with Rocker yep. against Sav so my first
1: game and then I had I think I had eight, seven or eight kicked on me in the first game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this fullback business. Isn't great. Isn't great. Yeah. Um, but they persisted. Um, um, and I, and I kind of had natural closing speed. I was aggressive and – um, and I think they saw something in there. Um, and then with a couple of injuries and stuff like that, um, and the club wasn't going that well at that point. That was before um, – so I had Ken Judge um, initially. And then for those those first years, it was Clarko's um, intro a year. Transitioning. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't that successful. So yeah. um, they, they, they gave me a bit of a crack um, at that point in round – I think round 20, it may have been, round 21 um, against Richmond and had a, had a pretty decent game um and yeah finished that year thinking yeah I was going okay and then um the next year um that was you know I was going to take on the next step hopefully yep. um playing Locked back down again. the fullback yeah um still still sm- I was still skinny I was still 80 yeah. 83 84 kilos. so I still was probably 10 kilos underweight really Yeah, probably. really at least yeah, 7 I kilos was, of muscle it was 10 kilos under what I was playing at yeah. by the end you know so yeah. um but yeah, they were persistent with um with the idea, and they wanted to kind of see what I had. And um, yeah, I think by well, I think round two or round three, I played on Anthony Rocker. Anthony and that was Rocker, the, the infamous day. That was. Yeah. So let's talk about the infamous day because it like
0: I actually don't. I was nearly too young because so I don't actually don't remember this at all. Um, how was that going to that game? Because you got in your fourth game, yeah, fourth senior game, yep. and had eight goals kicked on you by Rocker. That had, and that was, I think, at the time post that game, a lot of people were saying to Clarko, like, "Why did you leave this young kid on, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rocker? Yeah, Why would you up do to this? Standard.
1: It wasn't. He shouldn't. He's not AFL standard. He shouldn't yeah. be playing. Why'd yeah. you keep him on the ground? Um, how was that?
0: How, how was that whole experience? In like, um, one, what's the memories from the day? Like, was there anything in the, the day, day where, like it actually happened, and you were thinking they're going to take me off him,
1: and they just oh, didn't? It was the only thing I can remember um, that kind of gave me. Some kind of, you know, that I knew something was happening was when I w- taken off and it was like the cheers, were like, thank God he's t- going off the ground, mm. you know. And it's not a good feeling as a fullback when you're getting the cheers off no. the ground, especially in your fourth game. You think, well, <laughs> what am I oh, fuck me. You know, I'm playing, I'm out of my weight division. giving me heart palpitations. There was, there was no, there's no roll off defense. There's no system. There's it's just no, one on one. It's one on one. Yeah. You're in the goal square. Oh, is that you're, you're playing on someone that's 20 kilos, Anthony. Take him to the goal square. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's this man. Him. So they're kicking <laughs> it long. Um, And so I think it was a pretty close game initially um, And then I think he ended up Kicked six on me yeah. Two on um, A couple of other people On Ruffy I think Ruffy yeah. ended up Went back for that game And um, he kicked two on him In the last quarter But By then the damage was done And they ended up I think they won Quite, quite convincingly on the day But for the, for the Probably the Three weeks post that game I was in the paper every day About You know That I shouldn't be playing And And Fourth At, game though. I know, and and like these days, like now I look back and I think the only th- the thought that I have about it always like, why me? Like why? Yeah. Um. Like no one knew um what sort of player I was going to be. Like I was. I've only played four games. I know I'm playing out of position. Um. Yet they f- they felt the need to just like absolutely pile drive me for a couple of weeks post that game. Um. Post, uh, and it gave Clarko absolute grief. And, and, and Clarko, between him and I and internally, there was no issue. It's no. like he, he was kind of going, just go out and see how you go. Yeah. Have a crack. You know, it's all you can do. Just a learning curve. Um, But externally, it just took on... They were building whole, it more bigger. It took on yeah. this whole new life, you know. And and it, and it really um yeah, it did take on a new life yeah. after that. How, like, just on that as well with Clarko, though, post-game and stuff, was
0: there any sort of, like, how was he with that like the coaching staff and stuff were they more just treating it like as you said like as a learning curve and just sort of thinking like don't stress mate move on dah, 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 yeah or? it was
1: just like it was a, it's development you yeah. know like um looking back they probably could have done a little bit more to help me yeah you know i, I was out of you know I, I probably could have played on the second tool or wh- whatever it yeah. was not the key forward you know and and rotated <laughs> a few more experienced people onto the you know the key forward whatever but if if his uh, mission was to help me develop quickly and kind of throw me in and just you know sink or swim kind of attitude yeah um that was that but there was no like oh you're not he wasn't saying you, it's not acceptable you're not good yeah enough, he wasn't you know. doing it to like put you like no. put you down or anything people think that like he, there's like a malicious bone no right no, no yeah, no and so i think from that game um i copped it absolutely copped it for that week and then we went down to geelong um the following week um it was around easter time and because um, i remember easter because it was the resurrection because I'd come back from having 8 <laughs> kicked on me and I kept Kings, Kent Kingsley to one zero or 1 goal. Oh, yeah. And that was the last time Hawthorne had beaten – remember, because last week they were talking about the last time the Hawks and Cats had played. Oh, down at Skilled? In, in Skilled. Oh, GMHBA, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was the last time they played and that was the last time – So who would you play on? Um, Kent Kingsley. I
0: thought you said – I thought you said Ken Hinkley. I was like, how
1: old are you, man? Kent Kingsley. <laughs> Kent Kingsley. So – Okay. Um, and so – Went from having eight kicked on me, then having a really the decent resurrection, game, yeah. resurrection, yeah, Easter time, and then Jesus. and then it was like uh, the next week it was Nathan Thompson, um, David Neitz, Barry Hall, um, like, and it didn't stop. And I yeah. Nathan Thompson kicked like four or five, yeah, you know, and it was just like I was playing on guys that were yeah, big season full forwards, you know, and it, it's hard, like, let alone like when at the end of my career when I was ready to go, yeah. Like, Back then, when I was just this kid that wasn't probably applying myself was as much was there as I anyone could
0: else that was like did, was that was it forced there because like there was actually just no one else to play or A few
1: injuries yeah. And, yeah and 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 as I said, like Carco had come in and it was re- it was building towards oh you know, eight, they won the flag, yeah, so this is o five you know oh six sorry. just getting games in the, and so they're just trying to see if there's anything there, obviously and, yeah um and so um yeah, the next few weeks was like it was pretty solid again, so it was like. Rocking up and playing on the guys out of your weight division. Mm. Um, no support, you know, on the field. I, f- I felt a, li- a bit isolated at, at times. Yeah. But, like, I was like, you know, I just have a crack. I'm just playing footy, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I ended up played I think, 12 games in a row. And then I got dropped um, after a freeo game. <coughs> I think it was round 14. Um, and then didn't play again. Crazy. Because
0: for me as well like knowing you now and a lot of your mates as well especially like you are someone that's like known now as a, later on in football like a leader on field um definitely someone who helps out young guys etc cetera, etc cetera. do you think early days at Hawks like when you are young you just mentally weren't
1: up like you weren't ready for oh definitely yeah. I, I look back and, and think you know um because app- I'm the same. My application, you know, my consistency and all that. My preparation. Um, I probably thought I was trying, yeah, but I wasn't. You know, you don't like, know how hard to work. No, and and I think that was probably where you know I was. You know, some sessions i would be flying on the track. Some I'd just be like, oh, you know, it'll happen. Miss a kick, and you know, I wouldn't have the mental skills to kind of back it up yeah. every day. Um, and then yeah, before I knew it, you know, like you got you got games, and then. I didn't play again for two years. Yeah. And that was it. You thought it was going to happen sort of thing. And then and then post that, um, the back line reassured itself. Like had Gillum, Crowd, and that team, the 08 flag team. Yeah. There was no injuries. There was no opportunity. So I'm yeah. playing twos, playing good footy, getting bigger, bigger getting stronger, getting yeah. more prepared. But it's play. not happening. But it's not happening. Yet I'm still living with that, like every the crowd at every VFL game, mm-hmm. the players – going out to nightclubs, walking down the street, like supermarkets, everywhere I go, getting heckled because of that one moment. It's fucked. You know, and it's just what, what, like – Yeah, what – what like talking about
0: that like now just like the nightclub scene because I think this is something that like a lot of players, a lot of like general public don't understand. How much of a toll can that take on players normally, let alone when something significant happens? Because like mm. i never had something really significant happen but I know that like odd cop shit when you're out you always have people passing by saying shit to you and you're just like fuck me like what like what have I done to
1: you know Yeah, yeah and, and they don't know you. Um and and back then I I probably took it to heart a little bit. I was like you know, why me, poor me, you know mm. Now I look at it completely different. I feel sorry for people that do it now. I yeah. feel like what's going on in your life Yeah that you have to resort to doing that to me. Well, it happened to me a week ago. A bloke came up to me in the street and pretended to take a hanger on me. Like it doesn't stop, but these people are like, it's just relentless. But I now look at them and I feel sad for them. Yeah. I don't feel like, oh, you're you know, an idiot. I don't give them anything. I don't respond. Yeah. But it's like um, people feel the need to do that and think that it's, you know, going to affect you. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. But I feel like the thing that did affect all the media stuff was my family. Yeah. You know, and, that, and then that affected me yeah. because I get down when my family's down, not because. It's affecting me personally. Like I feel, you know, bad that people are calling me names, and it doesn't affect me. But I could tell that my parents are well, they worried that, about yeah, me. They're they so yeah. worried about me. My sisters, and um, and that's the the worrying part. That's the, the the bit that can tip you over. That something might happen in a nightclub. You might be with your sister, you know, and they you say something in front of them, and and then and then you react, and then I'm in trouble. Mm. And it's been happening for five, six, ten years, and it, I have one moment, weak moment, and then. I'm the one getting in trouble, I know. Um, but that's obviously what those people are looking for at that time. Um, yeah, like, there's—I had a time when um, I was out in uh, Fitzroy Street and I was out with uh, a couple of schoolmates, um, <clears throat> and I ended up was out the front, um, sitting on the curb where the taxis arrive, and someone, some random guy, walked up behind me, fly kicked me the side of the head, knocked me out, knocked out my front teeth. Knocked me unconscious. this when you are playing footy? Yeah. That Hawthorne. fractured my cheekbone. Ran off, jumped into a car and drove off. So, like... What happened with that? Nothing. Look, don't know who it was. Never found out who it was. Fucking hell. Um did that, like, did the club find out? Yeah. I rocked up the training and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't see out my my right eye. Did that make any, uh, like... Yeah, it did. It did. Because Ricky Dyson got hit the same night um, at the Beach Hotel I don't know Whether it was The same person Or not But got king hit Like uh, up the road Um, And I was lucky That when I rocked Up the training On Monday I was like Oh I'm going to cop it Because I had no front teeth Like I hit the road That hard That I knocked My front teeth out And I'm like Oh the boys Are going to give it to me Um, And I rocked Up the training And Danny Jacobs Had been glassed on the Saturday night, and he had this like massive scar down the side of his head. So it t- took a bit, a bit of the bit gloss. Of like, off yeah, you, you've got. To, <laughs> I just you you got kind of no blended it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did do you reckon that that
0: assault was footy related? Yeah, like a hundred percent,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. Holy, that is actually fucking scary. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. Like, and you know, I could chase it up and get police to you know whatever. But what's it going to do? What's it going to do? You know, but. Um, some people just take things too far. They think that you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I not. never really understood it to be honest. Because you know, I, I'm I'm completely the other the other way. Yeah. Um, like I'm more of a lover and I'm more of a you know helping other people that you know um, need help. So, um, yeah, never really understood that part. No,
0: definitely. And I think like the one of the biggest reasons I wanted to get you on the show was because of that exact reason. Like I think from the outside perspective of of what that's shown there and to what the actual person you are. You are actually one of the, the greatest dudes I've met in footy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show, but there's a lot of good people I've met in footy, but for you and I, you know, we probably hadn't chatted for 10 years, but I remember, I still remember to the day I came up to, to see you in Freo and you treated me like, you know, I'd seen you yesterday. And it's a testament to yourself, mate, and it, and it honestly is. And I think that this show is about, you know, chatting to people and actually getting to know them as the person and not mm-hmm. the player. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that always pissed me off, in footy was people getting judged on performance and not on um, on on what they were, which is hard to know, but it is now. But anyway, we'll get to the point because this – there is a quirky side to you. Yeah. I don't want to say very quirky side. There's a few things we're not going to touch on. Um, but one of them is – this gives me anxiety thinking about this, but one day early at Hawthorne you said you might not have been ready for, for AFL footy at this stage. You might not have been switched on. <laughs> but there's a punishment session where – yeah, you've so, you've done something, and there's been a like, punishment no. the next day. Yeah, so
1: I was late, to what? I was late to a training session. Yeah. So what happened was, we we trained at Glenferry, Hawthorne. Yes. I lived in Kiel. It's a big trip. Big trip. Traffic. Traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I need sleep. You know, so I'm the time, The you know, I'm an hour and a half drive. I'll give myself an hour of forty, you know. Oh, that's see. Never do that. You've got to give yourself a half an hour each way. I don't do it anymore. Okay. I, <laughs> so I end up chock a block traffic, um, all the way down the colder Nightmare. Rock up to the um, the training field out in um, near Yarraben Golf yeah. Course. We're doing, going for a run, and as I pulled in the car park, there goes the group off into They're the off. distance. Oh, and I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> So I get out of the car and they're like no just get back in the car. <clears throat> so got back in the car just sat there and waited for them. They're like no just go back to the club. Oh. I drove back to the club. By the end of the day they'd agreed to do a 5am Kerford Road Port Melbourne session off the pier. Had a stressful night couldn't really sleep you know and so I've gone home and um, set the alarm and Drifted off oh, Restless I'm like Oh god I can't sleep in So now. just to
0: confirm This is your punishment session For being yeah, late yeah, You're going to Kerford for whole here. team Yeah
1: Coaches Because you were late Coaches Yeah <laughs> And Rolling around Can't be late Can't be late Can't be late Shut the eyes, Drift off for a bit It feels like five seconds and I wake up And I was meant to leave at 4.30 It was 4.45 Oh and So <laughs> reckon <laughs> i jumped in the car and my jocks <laughs> i'm like grab my stuff i'm like i've just got to get I'm like and it's from keelaw to port melbourne yeah, it's, a, it's a half hour that, 20 oh. minutes 25 minutes can i get there in 15 so anyway it took me 25 and i got there at 10 past five oh, and, hell. and the whole group standing there and i've just fanged around the corner and i'm like oh, no what am i going to do and you know the feeling Oh like mate, I can feel sickness, it now This sickness feeling, <laughs> right And so I've jumped out the car It's freezing cold Freezing cold in the middle of winter Yeah And oh, no, i probably probably just about to start winter And um, get out there And the boys are just give me the worst like, greasies And I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen So they get me out the front Absolutely tear shreds off me I think Clarko gave me an absolute rocket Tears, 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 tears. 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 <laughs> the, tears that the tears. I couldn't I Didn't know what to oh, do. No, but the, so my body was just like just so disorientated, oh. and like it was like I was in shock. And the te- like, I didn't know what else to do. And the tears. So were like, this is oh in front God, of the whole team. So, like, I was oh. so sorry. Right, oh. Oh. and oh. it was like the worst feeling that you could ever have. Being late to a late You're late to your own late punishment It's not It is the bottom of the barrel So <laughs> that's where my It's part of my perception at the club That, that really oh, yeah. put it back a long yeah. way And, yeah. uh, and <clears throat> even by the time I was delisted Like two or three years later Four years later That was still a thing Still a thing It was yeah. always you know. But by then I'd, I'd always get there early Oh yeah And so I was always Once we went out to Waverley I was driving for Keelaw to Waverley yeah. It was an even longer drive, um, and then yeah, I'd get there early. I'd get if it's seven o'clock, so I'd get there at six, and I'd sleep in the car. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd kind of oh, out shit. of all that, you, you learn your lesson. But a big lesson. It was a, it was a very hard lesson to learn.
0: Shit, man. <laughs> Do you know what the worst part is about being late? It's not nearly rocking up. It's actually like the fifteen minutes where you know you're late, and you just go on. What am I doing? Like what? Like it's I'm meant to be there now, but I'm not. Like what do I do right now? You
1: just gotta you just gotta chill. You just gotta sit in the car. <laughs> well, there's nothing worse than being five minutes away stuck in traffic. Oh Because it's like you're five minutes away, but it's gonna take you fifteen minutes to get there. Fuck mate. Can we talk like we're not far from Kerb.
0: Cur- the funny thing about this is we're actually not far from Curve of Rope here right now, so I must still bring back memories. Uh, I can't I drove the other way. <laughs> I i understand that because we I've told these, you know, a story a little bit, but at Carlton we when we lost, we'd go to Kerford Road Pier for about four weeks in a row and the same thing every week. There would be someone late. We'd have to come back the next day, jump off that pier. I don't think people know how cold that water is in the middle of June, July. Shocking.
1: August. Takes your breath away. Yeah. it's If you can't swim, I was like, I'm a great swimmer. So I can literally get So I couldn't I swim. In. I, I couldn't can get in. No, no but, worries.
0: But people don't understand because the water's that cold, your arms you don't work. Yeah. So like you sort of go into like mode where you're like, shaking and and all the blood goes to like inside of your body so your arms are you sort of feels like you've got 10 pound weights on your arms because the worst one wasn't we did wasn't the Rope pier it was a swim around a boy at st kilda um sea bars so there was a boy
1: it's about 100 meters
0: out i I was going to say 300 but that was probably way too far (laughs) it was it's probably not 300 i'm going to say 150 to meet you somewhere around there 150 out 150 back Now, I'm not a confident swimmer in a pool. I actually couldn't swim 50 metres in a row for a while until I kept practising, but it's genuinely scary. Mm. Genuinely scary. Anyway, let's get over that because I don't want to... um Today's episode is brought to you by Coinspot. Coinspot is the easiest place to buy Bitcoin and over 150 other digital currencies on the internet. You can verify your licence within seconds and buy Bitcoin on Australia's number one platform. CoinSpot is offering all loyal Dylan friends listeners ten dollars worth of free Bitcoin when they sign up and make their first deposit, and there's no such thing as a minimum deposit. Sign up, head to CoinSpot.com.au and use the code Dill one two three, or use the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to it. As you said, you finished up at the Hawks. Um,
1: do you remember the conversation, delicit conversation? <coughs> Was it a meeting? Um, yeah, I remember. I remember the room sitting at Waverley. They had a, um, a room looking over the. Um, Over the ground, I remember I I knew it was coming. That's Mm. the thing. Like I hadn't played for two years. I, I really probably hadn't um, worked hard enough to really shift things back into my favour. Like Mm. in terms of um, consistency and all that sort of stuff. Um, I probably thought that just getting it done on the field in the twos was going to get me a game. But it was probably more than that. I probably needed to really be a bit more professional, be a bit more consistent off the field. Um, so I kind of I, – I, I'd read the play, so I knew it was coming, but it's still hard. It's still a hard conversation. Um, so hard. But do you think that – But I was, I, was, I was happy. Yeah. I was more – I was still Anthony Rocker. This and, and Yeah. and my, my confidence, my self-esteem, it was gone. Yeah. It was shot. And I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to actually go back to uni. I'm smart. I can do something positive mm. and I can actually be good at something. Yeah. And feel good about myself. I don't need this crap, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was where my head was at. Yeah. So I was walking into the meeting like, yes, I, I, can't believe it's happening. My whole dream that I want to play footy and it's all coming to an end. But I don't want to feel like that anymore. I can,
0: yeah, definitely relate to that. You know? I can definitely. Relate to that. And then with that though, like you're saying, you finished. You didn't. You were sort of happy to finish and ready to go because you didn't mm. want to feel like that. What changed? Like, how nothing, did that? Change? Nothing
1: changed. Well, I remember I got a phone call from from Ross. We love Ross. We love Rossi. Yeah. yeah. Ross the boss. Um, so how did you know Ross, though? I didn't. Didn't know it.
0: So one day this mystic phone call comes. So to me phone He goes, phone call, goes, it's phone Ross call right.
1: from uh, and I'm like, oh, is that debt collector? or Yeah. yeah. So I picked the phone up and he's like, having a, ch- having a chat, how are you going? How's things? And I said, oh, not great, man. I'm, I'm kind of, <clears throat> I'm done. This is post-dead list, obviously. Post-dead post yep. list, yep. man, yeah. And so... Um, conversation cut it short i just said mate i'm, I'm done with footy I, yeah. i'm not interested in playing footy i want to focus on being happy and positive and i want to, I want to shift in a new direction I'm, i don't have it in me anymore i've lost yeah. all my kind of confidence and my self-belief in my own ability and that's all that hard sort of to stuff. say to a coach that's offering having a chat with you from another team and he's like are you sure and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm done so I hung the phone up not doing it sorry ross and well, then Ross doesn't take no for an answer. It wasn't. A, yeah, you didn't really want to say. He was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "I said, I'm, d- I can't, i am done. Yeah, um, mentally done. Um, physically, I, I knew I still had it in me physically, but yeah. I just mentally, I didn't want to do it anymore. So, um, left at that, um, and rolled back at uni, ready to go full time. I was like, going to smash this out. Week later, he called me back, and he's like, um, "I've been able to think about things." He goes, "I, th- I reckon you made that decision a bit." you know, quickly over the phone. Um Have you had a chance to speak to your family about it? I said, no, I haven't. I said, I'm you know, not really... I said the other day, I'm not interested. And he's like, I want you to sit down and talk with your, your mum and dad. I want to talk with your family and just discuss it with them and see what they say. Um And so I said, all right, I'll do that for you. And he goes, I'll call you back uh next week. He goes, I only want you if you're 100% committed. If, you, if you're a bit iffy, I, I don't want you. Um, but if you're in, we're, we're interested... We see something in you, um, Stephen Silvani. Um, we're, we're keen for you to come on board um, and add a little bit of depth to, to our, our list. <clears throat> and so, went back, spoke to mum and dad, and conversation was like, well, if you don't do this, Zach, like, you're going to be 40 years old and, and be that guy. What, going, and what if? I wonder what would have happened if I had played that one year of footy. Yeah. I probably would have done something, you know? And, and that was like it's my uh, life. I don't. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I knew that for, for as much, you know, I didn't yeah. want to be that person. So, um, having that conversation with mum and dad really kind of reassured me. Like, let's just have a crack at it. Believe in yourself. Let's just drop everything, drop what's happened, and kind of move, try and move forward and build something to change what's going on. You know, change that perception. And so, um, call me back, and I said, I'm, I'm fucking in. And um, so then, and when you're for a meeting and um, which is probably where he, he, his and our relationship started, was my first meeting with, with Ross after that conversation. Um, I pretty much laid all my chips on the table. I told him absolutely, like, everything. Why I was delisted, what I was doing, shit I used to get up to. Um, and I walked out of the meeting, I go, Fuck, uh, did I just, yeah. <laughs> did I just <laughs> delist myself? <laughs> he just signed a contract and he delisted straight away. And it was like, and it was before I'd signed anything. Oh. But I it was like, this is why, you know, this is what happened. Um, this is where my head's at, you know, and I kind of just gave him everything. Mm. And I was like, if he wants that, this is where my head was at. Yeah. I was like, if he wants that, I'm in. And from that point, it was like, I think he really respected the fact that I came in and was pretty um, Honestly, honest yeah. with him and be able to kind of see myself that I wasn't, you know, probably my, my application wasn't good enough. And yep. I was pretty happy to talk about that rather than kind of dismiss it. it um, and so I think that was where all things between him and I started. That's unbelievable. So when you
0: got to the Saints and, the, like you said, you laid all your chips on the table, you told him all this stuff, mm-hmm. what then changed for you to then actually go, like, I've got to start doing this, I've got to start well, doing that, and become the play, like become the fullback that you yeah, became? Yeah, well,
1: I think I think by him, the way he spoke about me, the way that um, – because what had happened was Danny Frawley was working – go back a little bit. Like Danny Frawley was the specialist backs coach yeah. at, at the Hawks. yeah. Who was friends with Sauce, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Silvani. Yep, two good fullbacks, two good fullbacks, and <clears throat> he said to Sauce after I'd been delisted, um, he's got something, you should have a look at him. And so Danny Frawley said, said that wow, Sauce. That's cool. So yeah, believe that or not? So believe it. Um, and so um, that got back to Ross. They watched a couple of games where I played on. Actually played on Fev a few times and actually did okay. Um, and, that, and Sauce saw something in me, and he was like. Ross, well, if, if Sauce has seen something in you, you know, and kind of instilled that, like if he sees it, you would have been walking like tall. You don't know fucking Sauce, yeah. I'm Alex
0: Rance, or Yeah,
1: because
0: yeah. mine was the opposite. Sauce didn't see anything in me. He <laughs> <laughs> did not see
1: one thing. So that's how it turned out. That yeah. So that was the Kilda sauce. So yeah. yeah. Um. And so from that point, it was like, well, I felt like they wanted me there. Yeah. And I felt like, and I think that's all I really needed yeah. to feel like welcomed and, and that the opportunity would be there if I put applied myself um, and I think that's where it started. You know I, I felt like if I really committed and gave everything on the field and off the field um, that you know that'd give me my best chance. Mm. And I suppose that got you to
0: where you wanted to be. Uh, Ross obviously playing some good footy at the Saints um, those years as well. Especially Saints were formidable team and mm. probably nearly one of the best teams to go on without. Getting to the end of the at the end of the day, yeah, which yeah. is obviously disappointing, but um, there was a lot of success there and some some good good times. Um, what were probably some of those highlights? Obviously, you you know the flat the grand finals that you played in. 09 yeah. um, was obviously a huge one against Geelong. Is it? Do any of them
1: stick out to you the most, or um, not really? Like I look back on those those times like pretty fondly. Um, to believe that I'd come from being delisted to playing my first 18 games at St Kilda and winning every game. Yeah. It's surreal. I mm. think that I was ready to give it up and then the next 18 games I played, I'm playing in the top of the ladder team, key position, and undefeated at 18-0. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to get your head around. But, like, very, um, you know, I love being a part of that. So there's no, like, there's no real moments, uh, a lot of special games, but, like, you know, it was all pretty, uh, I, I value it a fair bit. What What um, is memories from 09, Granny,
0: like the one with Geelong? Because I feel like that was nearly when you guys were in your best form. Yeah, well,
1: um, so the parade, this, you love this story. I love stories. So parade day, yeah, big day. <laughs> Huge day. You weren't <laughs> late, were <you? laughs> My car was late. <laughs> nah, <laughs> um, and so we, we've done the whole week, big, big week, you know, and then we'll um – <clears throat> Get to the parade. We'll like, just sit back. We'll enjoy this. Um, got out there. there hundreds of people loving life. Like, this is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've made it. Right? <laughs> so get through the parade. No worries. Get up on the steps. Yeah, get out. How you going? You give her on the... Yeah. Put the sunnies <laughs> on. Really, know yeah. worries. going right. all right. And then go downstairs. Um, so just before we got in the cars, we'd um, had some subway at the art gallery. Oh. Which, um you <clears> had <to> the <throat> crab crab roll so i I went for something that i probably shouldn't have right and so i ended up got through the parade got home and i had the worst food poisoning i've ever had in my whole life the night before the grand final and so i was on the drip in hospital from nine till midnight the night before the grand final from six a.m. till nine a.m. at the ground and at halftime on grand final day
0: what and no one
1: knows about that the club does the boys know. Now we do. Yeah, everyone knows <laughs> that's, Mate, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so, it was like the worst preparation you could have had. And you had imagined. a good game. Yeah, like, I did okay. Do you think what well, do you think that sometimes
0: not that that's a blessing, cuz it's mm. not, but sometimes going into a big game and take taking your mind
1: off playing. Mm. That's that's well, it's, it's enormous. It but but was it was pretty scary because like I was touch and go from actually even been able to play to play yeah so um i mean we got to the ground i still hadn't like max hudson got told the night before bring your bags he hadn't played all like he played a couple of games during the year Holy bring your bags shit. you're gonna, probably gonna play zach is no good um and so he's probably thinking i'm gonna play and you know so i rocked up to the ground thinking i'm probably 20 percent chance hadn't drank anything hadn't eaten anything couldn't keep anything down and <clears throat> had a meeting with ross Right before the game. The boss. Ross, the boss. And it went to this extent. It was like, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm right. He goes, I heard you've been pretty crook. Yeah, been yeah, really crook. <clears throat> he goes, you're going to be okay? I said, um, you know, it should be all right. He goes, well, make sure you make the right fucking call. He goes, this is going to make or break a friendship. So not only did I feel like absolute <laughs> shit, he just put the absolute... Like, pressure on me to, like, make... Sh- like, But it's... You have it, to. You have to. Yeah. Like, for me to go out there and be half-assed and half-baked, like, yeah. let everyone down. yeah So I get the, like... 100%.
0: You've
1: got to make the right call. Was he
0: talking about your friendship? Or was, with I your team, the with the club? It's yeah. going
1: to be, like, you really... Because he, he's known of people in the past that has Made that the wrong call. And made the wrong Who? call. Was there
0: someone... Has he said
1: something like that I about someone? I think it might be um, from Sydney. Um, I can't
0: remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember either. But there's something...
1: That may I mean, have played, may have played, and they shouldn't have, and they probably shouldn't have played. And so, I think he brought up whoever that. was. I can't yeah. remember who it was. Um, and so, anyway, we had a warm up pre game where the grand final. You can't go out and do the normal warm up. You got to warm up downstairs, and you get like this five minute block where you can go out in the ground. And yeah. so, I did a fitness test out in the ground. Went out and did some some strides and whatever. Hundred thousand people there. I walked out and I'm like, is adrenaline yeah. kicked yeah. in? I'm yeah. like. Do this, like yeah. psyched myself up, got through all the strides, went back down. I said, I'm in. And that's huge. And so, yeah. How'd you feel in the game? I, I fe- Were you fine? I think I was okay yeah. in the game. Like, um, I probably wasn't great after two nights on the piss after <laughs> <laughs> because I hadn't drank all and eaten the day before the game, I hadn't uh, after the game, and then it was like straight, in, like, so that was probably not a great idea because, but in the game, I, considering what had happened and that I hadn't eaten fueled, like, I think the adrenaline, the natural, you know, the the emotion of yeah, the game, you just, you just, get, just get through. How um, crazy
0: though are some of those stories of the things that like goes on in teams that
1: play that people don't know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, and no one would have ever known that. No, you know, and um, and and that's why I'm proud of. Like, and, and you don't want people to know because you, you like you hold it to yourself. Yeah, and it's like you, you by doing those things, you, you can convince yourself that you can do things you never thought would be possible. You know, and. There were games where I got injured, um, three-oh days where I did my PCL in the first quarter, and I played out the game because you'd been I, there. I'd done that, and I've done that. You know, I kind of reassured myself that you could just get through this, you know. And missed we eight weeks afterwards, but yeah. like I'm like, once you do it once, you kind of really steel yourself to oh. be able to dig in when you need to. That's pretty hectic, man. That's it's crazy. Yeah, it's think back like it's the worst prep you could ever hope you want to enjoy the moment and yeah. i was just like you know throwing up blood and you know both ends it was no good was there ever like because i know that a lot of those coaches back in those days were big on sort
0: of like like not late calls but like they'd always get people to warm up like tommy always tells me that he was so close to paying in the frio granny which i actually think is true mm. um is there any other sort of guys that were sort of on
1: the edge that day that not that I know of. Oh, I wouldn't have known that day. Cause yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything else except. <laughs> but sometimes the players don't even know because no, no, and they would have kept it. You know, besides the emergencies and who who could have potentially played. Yeah, I think Ross and the team would have tried to keep it away from everyone. They don't want that getting my, into my housemates heads. would like Bakes and um, Jack would have known. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, but it was it's hardcore. Like at the club on the drip the night mm. before in the morning, like yeah, no good. That's scary. Yeah, crazy, but great day. Besides from the ending you know, Yeah like, Imagine that if it could have Because
0: I know that like For a fact And it's not my story to tell So I won't But I'll get these guys on one day Like You know Regardless of what happened The reason I wanted the Giants To win the flag Last year Was because I knew what was going on Behind the doors mm-hmm. Like I knew How cooked Some of these boys were mm-hmm. And the risks that they took Going into that game Like obviously Lockie Whitfield's one that's mm-hmm. um, You know Well documented Of what he did But there was You know He was sort of taking the limelight For like yeah. four or five other guys yeah. um, which you know one day if they're ready to tell that it will come out but it's pretty crazy like you said like I would have never have known that
1: yeah um, and it was the moment in the game with the toe poke and everything like I was the person that came off Mooney spoiled the ball onto Scarlett's foot you know like I had the chance to like from what had happened that night before in the morning I had a chance to like change the, the game forever The game forever and like Inches, a game of inches, you know, and it hits his foot and bounces straight over my mm. head. But like that's what I mean. Like you put yourself in that situation for that moment. Um, but no, there's no regrets from those days. You learn from it. We we rocked up both 0-9-10. Like, we rocked up. We we played our hearts out. You know, the, the replay we were we were battered and we weren't. But like the, the draw and the the o nine granny. We were, we were awesome yeah. Yeah. And that's why we've, we've got such a strong bond and connection still Because yeah. we know we, we laid it all out there We weren't good enough on the day um, But um, we, we put it all out there
0: As we talk about those years There's obviously In good teams There's obviously good times as well Because teams that win Can have fun off the field mm. You know when you're losing every week It's not You can't really go out and have fun um, 2010 footy trip Yep You go to Texas Yep You have some good times there with the boys um, now you've self-proclaimed the nickname Cupid because you've single-handedly—you were telling me off air—that you've set up Rui with his now wife. Oh nine. This is after the John Granny. Yeah. So this is after the John Granny. Mm. After you've had gastro, yep, food poisoning, <laughs> straight to Vegas, straight to <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> and you've just set up Rui with his new wife. Tell us that yeah. story. Yeah, because the way you, I'm going to be interested to see if you tell it the way you told me.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was. Um, I was in some really fine form. Yeah. Um, I, I left nothing. In the tank? In the tank every day. Good. I was one of those guys. <laughs> I might finish the day at 4 p.m. Yep. And be sleep during the night. Yep. But I was leaving it all out there every day. Yep. Yep. Good. Um, I'm there for a few days. Like, let's just make it the most of it. Yep. We were there for eight days. Oh, it's a big trip. That's a big trip. Like a big, big trip. 16 blokes, eight <laughs> days. So, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, would, I think it would have been day... Maybe three or four. Yeah. Um, and we said to most of the boys, if you can get up about 11 o'clock, get down the pool, we'll, um, we'll meet and we'll kind of get the day started. <clears throat> Good spot to start. So I think I may have had an early night the night before because yep. I'd, I'd kind of put myself in a bit of a, yep. a shit one. Good. Um, got up early. Went for a run. Early bird gets the worm, you know. I like that one. And so um, went downstairs to get the worm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had a fruit salad and a couple of pina coladas. And um, sitting by the pool, all I reckon I I was about ninety five kilo uh, ninety five kilos when I got there. I was ninety kilos by this stage, yeah. so I just hadn't eaten, you know. Plus like, the food poisoning. Plus the food poisoning, exactly right. And I was like just fading away because like when I'm hung, I can't eat, no. you know. And so and you've got no choice. Preach dinner, can't get dinner down. Yeah. So it was just it was no good for a skinny kid like me. Yeah. So I was, I was parading around like a skeleton down at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> the chicks were digging it, obviously. <laughs> And there was a uh, there was a, a, a bunch of about 20 girls just sitting around the pool. Um, and so I was just, just laying there, obviously, and a couple of girls swam over to me and just started talking to me. And like liked the accent, and, you know, where you're from, Australia, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Slowly but surely the boys started to drift down and I'd, I'd kind of crad a little, you know, here the, we go, boys. The passage boys. Is, yeah. is the passage. Um, and so quickly, by the time Rui got down there and a few other boys, like – I drifted off back in the background again. Yep. <laughs> Skeleton over, boys. Skeletal wasn't, the yeah. You know, you know, apple of their eye anymore. Had uh, the you know, the buff Rewalt yeah. walking down. You know, no worries. I was just picturing that because you can you imagine like Nick Rewalt walking down, top off. Yeah, like I would. Go, I'd go for that. Yeah. Or you got me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Both great bikes, but... You know who I'd go for? Me, because I was the first there. Exactly, you were the one. Early bird gets a worm. That's right, up early. (laughs) He's a go-getter, you know? Um, And so, um, introduced him. Yep. Um, And then the last three days of the the trip, we were 16 boys. 20 of these sorority girls from Texas, all on their their trip together. And we just went out all together, 35, 40 of us. That's gross. To the nightclubs. And they kind of... um, Kicked it off um, and then kind of kept in contact post that. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. So you come back
0: from that trip. um, And I'm not sure on the exact times, but pretty much from there, is it 2011 you go to Freo? After 2011. After
1: 2011. So how did that work in terms of Ross left? Did you stay a year at Saints or did you go with him? So what happened was. So we got through 2011. We'd had a really shocking start to the year. I think we'd we'd won three. We were three and seven by the middle of the year. Lenny had done his knee round one. Um, By the end, we'd got going again. We had a really average start to the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But mind you, after the two big years of the grand final years, that was probably the hardest year to get yourself up again because you're like not again it's not because again. it's hard because like, after the first year you're still motivated to yeah. like we can do this but yeah. then it's like you fail again and it's like god got to do it again again and, it, and that was where it really kind of felt like that was a a moment where everything needed to go right Round one Lenny did his knee and it was like oh my oh, god. god you know what else can go wrong and so that was where um, by the end of the year we built it back up made finals lost to sydney in the first final um Probably shouldn't, have, you know, we didn't really deserve to go that far in that year, um, to be honest. Um, so, I finished that year. I played most of the games. Still cemented my te- spot in the team, and got to the end of the year. And there was a, a salary cap drama uh, at the club, and so I think a lot of the contracts have been back um, back ended and yep. whatever with a lot of incentives, and it was really putting a lot of pressure on the guys that were on the fringe, mm-hmm. and so. I'd come out of my first three years thinking this next contract was going to be my my moneymaker. Biggie. I might yeah. earn an average wage this year. Yeah. <laughs> you might not have to pay red rate. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I came out of the year thinking I've played nearly 70 games in three years. You know, played finals. You know, done a good job. Um, Finally going to hopefully earn a, a wage where I can buy a house and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Got to the end of that year and all this drama was going on in the admin side of things and salary cap and – um i kind of got the feeling that there was pressure being put on me and whatever and so i'd gone in and asked for um, x amount of dollars um and i pretty much got told that um i was going to earn the same maybe less than what i'd earned the year before because of what was going they didn't have the money and they wanted to fit everyone in Mm. at that time and coming from where you know that that what we spoke about before about wanting to feel like you were um wanted wanted. and i got to a point where i thought i felt like i was Mm. and then got that had that discussion where maybe i'm not um i was really disappointed i didn't want to leave like i finally got my opportunity and kind of cracked my spot and um july of that year free had approached my management because they knew i was out of contract and i Told him, yeah, you know, not interested, staying at Saints, I'm here Happy for good, year. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all this stuff started to bubble away and um, I was like, God, oh, it's not going to happen. I'm probably not, you know, I'm not going to get that contract. You know, I'm still going to have to fight and claw. And mm-hmm. I've been on a rookie contract. I've been on you know, less than, way less than average wage. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the three years, I would only get me two. And so um, I... Told my manager just said, "Can you see Frio is still there?" And they and he said, "Yeah, they're still they're still around." And so I was like, "Do I do I push the button on that?" And, you know, Tickle just it. met my missus. I was you know so I was ten months into that, and mm. um, things were going really well with her. Um, so it was that that pressure as well. Um, and before I knew it, um, I woke up one morning and Ross had gone to Frio. And it was like, what the fuck? What's going on here? All right, I've got to ask because do you think
0: bubbling away at that the whole time could Ross have been sending messages from no, Freo? No, no,
1: no, no. So Ross, Ross, messaged me the day he went to Frio. Yeah, so they've asked me about you. They said that there's, there's something happening. The, the, he didn't know that that was happening. Yeah, had no idea. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking? And that was pretty much like the stars aligning kind of moment. Where yeah. are like maybe, maybe it is. Um, which is hard on your relationship because when you just met a girl that you're kind of really keen on, it's yeah. like to get her after 10 months to uproot and go to Perth, lose it, leave all your friends, leave all your family, mm-hmm. it's like, God, you know, but you've got to do what you've got to do. What would you say? I said, I'm going, you yeah. know, but – and once Ross had left and, and – because she knew that um, that – Ross and I had a great relationship and she yeah. she wanted me to, you know, have, have that security with, with Ross and that sort of thing. So she was backing me to do it, but I, I still felt that pressure with her. to not um, – I didn't want her to leave her family and friends. It's, it's a big thing. You know? Big trip. Um, and so, um, yeah, pressed the button and said, heave ho. That's huge. Yeah. It's a big trip,
0: man. What was – do you think that, like, in terms of all the stuff that you'd been through previous to that as well and you talked about, like, you, you're just starting to sort of find your way, but previous to that, like – being in the public eye, being in Melbourne, having that stigma still of you know not still, but you still mm. touched on you'd you still had that sort of flashbacks of things. Do you think getting to Perth and getting out of that bubble, even though you're going into another bubble, was that was that a fact a juicy factor as well, not or really. was that sort of still not really
1: no? Because it was still it was still bubbling away at yeah. St Kilda. Like I was still dealing with all that, you know, still dealing with. Um, abuse on facebook all that sort of stuff every week you know Mm -hmm. like it never ended yeah even by the end my last year 14 years in i was still getting (laughs) still coughing it (laughs) so um there wasn't thinking i'm gonna leave and that's gonna go away i thought you know i by that time it's just part of what i you know i was dealing with so um yeah it wasn't part of the decision um a story
0: i did forget to touch on i don't know if this was where this was at it's hard to to keep track but Talking about the um, the hate stuff, there was obviously public um, stuff, but there was also stuff from commentators and media personalities. Mm. And Robert Walls was one that made some public comments about you. And I don't know if this was – was this when you were at Saints? Is it St. Kilda? Is it yeah. St. Kilda?
1: And it – was, It wasn't it was just a comment. It, it was, was like – It was just constant. Every time constant. I get the ball, like yeah. my, my parents were just like – They'd watch the footy and just be read, like ropeable. My aunties, because yeah. it was just like, oh, you know, every time, every time, and it was regardless of what was happening,
0: even if you're playing well yeah, or doing what he just had this, something. Yeah, he
1: had a he had a book written and it was already just that was what yeah. it was. And so it was that was why you know yeah, you can continue the story. Well, no,
0: this is great because it's something that I suppose it's something everyone wants to do, mm-hmm. and it'd be interesting to get your topic on it because you tweeted back where well, basically I think it was when Channel Ten lost the footy. Yep. And you tweeted, you said, Channel 10 not showing the footy next year. Finally, Robert, see Puss Walls is out of a job. Thank God. Karma is a bitch, buddy. Which, fantastic. But? Short and sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> to the point. I don't think there's any misconception in what you were saying in that tweet. It was, it was very well read. How did, what was like the backlash from that? Did you get the satisfaction out of what you wanted? or um, Because he
1: actually said to you, oh well, well, didn't he love that? No, so what happened okay. was, Channel <laughs> Channel 10 came back and said um, we both might be out of a job. Channel 10? Or someone from Channel 10, I can't remember who it was, and said we we'll would probably both be out of a job next year or something like that, something along those lines. But the thing was I sent that tweet and I went to Bali that second. I turned my phone off. And I went oh to Bali. God, how and so, did you do that and not just think about what was going to happen? And so then I got to Bali a couple of days later and I turned the phone on and it went absolutely bonkers. So good. The boys were like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. And it just went off and on and on. But I didn't know what had happened here because yeah. I was away. Yeah. So, um, so what happened? What I wasn't happened? doing it for satisfaction. No, you know, I oh, was weren't? doing it Because it was like, it was just like an emotional reaction. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, you never get criticism from anyone. Yeah, but you're happy to dish it. Yes, which is a lot of lo- lot of media commentators at times. It's like happy to dish it, but when things happen, or you know, like they wouldn't be willing to cop it themselves. Yeah, you know, so they don't think of the human element sometimes. And that's
0: what we talked about. People think of that footy players are, and just anyone's a robot when you're criticizing. Yeah. But there actually is a, the human element to it. Yeah, like we watch the footy. My
1: parents watch the footy. My yeah. cousins watch the footy. My sister watches the footy. How how do you think they feel every time that I touch the ball go near it or do something or I give a free kick, it's like, oh, Zach, well, you always, you know, yeah. like, it's just this. How, how good did that feel, though? Like, <laughs> it was, yeah.
0: When I knew that there was a bit of a bite back, I yeah. was like, yeah. So what happened with the bite back? Was it just, did he? you ever hear anything back from
1: him no, or was no, it more no. just it was,
0: it was channel 10? Yeah, it was just, yep. some,
1: yeah. I didn't really feel the, you know, there was a news article, I think, yep. here, but I was gone. I didn't, I didn't read it or anything. That's so. great. <laughs> and, and post that, Would did you ever and so were you off that after that well the thing was yeah once i got to um to Frio, um i had to get rid of all my my social medias and that i had to get rid of um instagram um change my name my facebook <clears throat> profile photos because i was getting like um abusive messages on facebook talking about my daughter in my profile photos and like every week two or three private messages every week you know and talk yeah and i was just like what what am I doing? You yeah, know, what, what what are these people doing? Like, why do they you know, have to spend five five minutes of their life writing that message? Um, so anyway, i I'd, I'd got rid of I, when I got to free. I said to Mickey Barlow, who loves his social media, I said, "How about you run my Twitter for a couple of days and see how you go?" And it, <clears throat> probably two days in, he goes, "Fuck that," <laughs> and he's just too much. R- it's just too like it's just ridiculous. Like, it, it, it's I know we talk
0: about this and and people bring it up a lot about social media trolls, but this is a to cop. Not that I ever really, I never experienced. Like I've obviously copped hate, but not to the extent you have. And then to be able to actually persevere mentally and keep going and going and still perform, you got to be fucking proud of yourself. Like that yeah. meant you, you. You must have some serious mental resilience. Yeah. Well, that's that's how the, thick
1: is that skin? Like. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that I, when I look back on everything, I'm the most proud of because yeah. I know that. Um, quite easily I could have gone off the other side, you know, and and kind of reacted and done something wrong or, you know, even in terms of like… Just lost confidence. Exactly, yeah. like your mental state, you know. Um, I'm proud that, you know, I built the tools and got to a point where um, all I really valued was what was internal, you mm. know, my, my teammates, how yeah. they thought about me. Um, every time I played footy, all I wanted to do was be a good teammate. I didn't really care about my own game I didn't care about stats I didn't care about having how many kicks and handballs I got I wanted to make Sam Fisher the best man on the ground I wanted to make Tommy the best man on the ground yep. you know, like that's all I cared about mm. I played waffle in my last year all I wanted to do was get Matty Tabernard to kick four or five and just terrorize his opponent because I got more enjoyment out of that so that's where like the enjoyment all the external noises just became just bullshit it's unreal and it probably
0: simplifies things for you a lot yep. a bit as well because if sometimes if guys you know, they don't get that sort of feedback. They still keep thinking you've got to do mm. extraordinary things yeah. to feel satisfaction. Yeah, um, and it showed, mate, the way you played because obviously, like you said, you were the sort of guy that even just watching anyone that watched footy knew that you were a team player. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at Freo, there was yourself and Alex Silvani. I just love watch watching play. Mm. You both had that Kamikaze style of play, like come forward, King. Um, which if people don't know what come forward is, it's basically like. In team defense, and Ross was probably the pioneer of yeah. come forward yeah, defense. A uh, Clarko, so there you go. You've got you've had it from two of you, you know, big coaches. I taught, I taught Ross. You taught Ross. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> On the record, you taught Ross. So come forward, King is like playing defense, but aggressive in front of your opponent. And yeah. if the ball's there, you, you're
1: coming forward to. Yeah, it's attack. just about yeah, more of a system rather than um, you're playing direct opponent. in a connected way. You know, yeah. Um, if the ball goes over your teammate's head you're there to support him in a high ball exactly. rather than being just... Effective. And we'll get
0: some overlay footage of this because there are some highlights that I like. There's some massive, massive hits. I think one's on... One of them's on a Geelong play. It might be Paul Chapman. Um, Is it Shannon Byrne maybe? Stokes. Stokes, yeah. Okay, so one's on Stokes. That was my first game at Frio. Was it? Yeah. So that set the standard. Yeah. That was a big come forward. Yeah. The, n- the next one though, which I think that this might be still rattling this bloke and I think you might have been in this guy's head forever. Is Jack Darling? That was yeah. That was a preseason game. <laughs> that was a preseason <laughs> game,
1: mate. You've generally killed him. Yeah, but you know, hit the ball. You took the ball. It was it was unbelievable. It was it was. Um, one thing I always did was play on the edge. I'd love to, the physical side of the game. I love to be able to. Um, I was never the most talented person on the field, but I needed to find an edge. Any other way, mm. you know? Um, yes, I was ninety-four kilos. I was never massive. But I knew by throwing your body in at every contest and by elbows and elbows and just making your your opponent earn every kick, you're building your own brand. Like if you're if you're easy to play on, um, Tom Hawkins is going to come back next 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 year and go, oh. go again, go again. It's a mental easy. game. He's mate. not going he's not going to hit me over the back of the head. But like if you do it over and over and over, you build your reputation. Like that's and that, yeah. Um, and that's why I struggle to watch footy a lot these days because it's just like it's lost that real. Mongrel edge, cunning side of yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. Um, well, some people were probably happy about that, but I love that side of the game where it's like bodies flying, you know, intensity in the air. Toby's you
0: know. nearly the only per- like Toby Green's probably yeah. the only person I can think of that yeah, you make,
1: you're making every every person earn every kick. Yeah,
0: you know? and that's what and Jeremy like. Cameron's pretty good at that yeah. as well. Um, there's a there's a good clip of me on Jezza. Yeah, you broke. Did you break his nose? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. My elbow did. <laughs> Your elbow. <laughs> Your, mate, I'm telling you now, your elbows um were the
1: sharpest elbows in the business. And that was that it was could come back of clumsiness, but I don't think it was. It was it was um yeah, part clumsy, part you know. I, I meant everyone, but like if you act clumsy all the time, people just think it's yeah, <laughs> they just think it's clumsiness.
0: <laughs> um what who were some of like we talk about their opponents, like full back it's a lonely position sometimes, mm. who were some of the guys like probably Who'd you have your best battles with? Like, in terms of, like, who'd you go, fuck, this guy's, mm. like, the hardest guy to play on, but you'd always <laughs> sort of, like, love to play on them? Yeah. Who's a guy that maybe that you tower, like, who's you your say, bunny? You can say. Who's your bunny? Yeah. Who'd you love playing on? Right. That's what I want to know, okay. to be honest.
1: But give me the first one, and then right. give me your bunny next. Well, the best <sighs> best player I ever played on, I always said, was Fev. Alouche. Um, I just thought he's he had more talent than anyone I'd ever played on um his speed his hands um, only thing he would just talk to me behind the play and talk about weird shit you know and i'm just like mate just focus on the game you'll be a superstar yeah don't talk about my misses and this yeah. and that you know like just just get it done mate you are a genuine star and like so i'm this young kid playing on him and he's like talking about random stuff and i'm like is this what people do out in the yeah. footy pit? Yeah. and then then he'll mark one on the junction and you will slot it from fifty, and then you will slot another. But I genuinely have always said that he was probably the most talented. I think. Did you reckon he did that though? Was that like a part of I him playing at his best, or was he just I don't chatting? Know. Just want to chat. I just reckon. I, I don't know. I yeah. couldn't play that well. <laughs> yeah. It might be him. You know, yeah, like that's. But um, but he was a genuine star um, in terms of like the modern day. Um, I had really good battles With, um, with Josh Kennedy mm. um, Especially over in Freo In the derbies Yep Derby um, Derby derby Yeah I always forget I'm from both I'm from both states yep. So I say it however I want to yep. say it um, um, Had some good battles With Tommy Hawkins Especially in the In the finals Travis Cloak um, And In terms of a, Of a bunny I never really had a bunny Like I, Fullback's such a, a Topsy-turvy position Like You can have a great day on a bloke one week And then Get absolutely embarrassed You can't then. talk a lot of crap When yeah, you play nah, fullback because nah, 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 nah. The last five minutes You yeah. probably get a little bit out oh, got Three minutes Saints, Saints days was great Because like We'd get up by seven Eight goals in the first quarter yeah. And then it's We'd done. just strangle the game You know mm-hmm. So you could probably get away with it. But <laughs> I never did I was never a big chirper You yeah. know I'd, I'd give a little bit of niggle Behind the play You more just straight face Because I, I would never talk I would never ever that That I
0: was, when I played footy and, you know, obviously not to the level of, of as much as you did, but, like, I, I'd love talking to my opponent because mm. it got them off. Mm. Whereas if I had a guy that didn't talk to me, I was, like, rattled. I didn't know what to do because I was like, fuck, if he's just, like, what's he thinking if yeah. he's not talking to me? And he, yeah. if Like, I'm obviously speaking to you. You know what I'm saying and you are just choosing to totally ignore me. It, like, really rattled me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was always, like... You shake my hand, I'll hit you in the chest. I'm not shaking your hand before the game. I'll shake your hand after the game, but I'm not shaking your hand before the game.
0: That's scary. See, that would rattle me But it's away.
1: like, what's the point? Well, you're you're out it.
0: there to compete. No, I know, right. but I like, to do, I like to do it because then it showed that they had a human side. No, no, that, you're just looking for weakness. No, I'm looking for their weakness. Exactly, yeah, exactly. right. Yeah. So
1: when I go out So if I'll you play did it to me, I'd cheat myself. <laughs> and <laughs> and I I'm And I'm, like, I'm playing on blokes that are always better than me. Yeah, and true. And so am I going to go, oh, good luck, mate. I'm like... I've, I've got to do everything I can to stop having five kicked on me today. Yeah. I haven't slept last night because I'm playing on you. Like, I'm not coming out here to shake your hand. That's sick. Like, that was footy for me. I couldn't be that person where it's like, I oh, have a laugh, and then you kick one on me, I'll oh, have a look at that one. I'm like, nah, I can't.
0: Um, That's a good insight, man. Yeah.
1: But that was my life. You know, I was never the – I'm not Alex Rance. Mm. I can go out and have a, have a laugh because I'm better than now. Yeah. You know, I'm playing on Buddy. You know, like – I, I can't sleep the night before because I, you know, I could lose the game single handedly tomorrow. It's a, it's a shit feeling. It's a bit of anxiety going into. And it's games, a lot of anxiety, yeah. and that's why I don't miss footy. Yeah, like I miss, I miss the the brotherhood side of things. I love not the conditioning compet- yeah. out the competitiveness, but I don't miss the the stress and the anxiety. No, it, it's hard work. Like it is like, um, and you and you pile that on with like the scrutiny, mm. the media, the the public, social media stuff. It's it's hard work. Well, mate, it's, you know, and again, like, not not to that, that I
0: have had to your extent, but it was something that I seriously battled with, like, even just – it wasn't even the media thing for me. It's just that this is your job and, like, if you're not performing, like, what are you doing? Like, yep. why are you actually here? Yeah. Now, last story about Frere, um, and this one again, I won't name names, but it might have come from Mick Barlow. <sighs> um, <laughs> it's a story late, late in the season. Um, you may have forgotten, and – Basically, look, basically, you might have had a few cordials.
1: I feel like you're painting me in the wrong... Okay. (laughs) Let's, yeah. These are probably the the two worst moments.
0: But we like talking about those moments. Lessons (laughs) have been learned.
1: (laughs) Okay, lessons have been learned. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that person anymore. No, no. I've definitely grown. Yeah, 100%. And we're going to
0: know Sorry. You've grown from this. Yeah. You're a better person. <laughs> but sometimes you've got to let your hair down. Yeah. And um, this night, maybe you did um, with a couple of the boys, and you may have woken up in someone's front
1: garden. Well, not in the front garden, on, okay. the, on the curb. On okay. The, sorry, on the, um, your... what do you call it? Nature Strip. Type. Nature Strip, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, can fear there. In a beautiful uh, East Frio um, street, um, the boys decided we'd, we'd have one last hurrah because. We're coming into finals, yeah. Um, the thing was that there was a little bit of grey area whether we were allowed to be drinking on yeah. that on this weekend because it was our last eight day break. But th- there happened to be some grey area whether you know this was because eight day breaks for everyone listening. You, you that's when you're allowed to let the hair down. You'd kind of bank that one. So yeah, there's three weeks to go for the year. We're like, oh, we'll get to that one, then we'll stop drinking. Finals, but supposedly there'd been a conversation earlier that you know we had a – you know, a month off prior to this. So anyway, we'd made a group decision to go out for a couple of sherbets, as you as we put it before, um, and one turned to two, turned to three, four, you know, big night. Um, and so I, I think I had lost my phone or misplaced my phone at that point. Um, Left it at home. It's funny, like, <laughs> it's very steel sidebar. It's very relevant in you know, it at is. this moment, you know. He could um, have learned from this. I knew how he felt. I've never walked out the wrong uh, walked out the wrong door.
0: So, so when was, when Eddie said people do this all the time, he's not. Well, wrong. I was nodding
1: uh, my head, yeah. <laughs> but, but I hadn't walked out. I've never walked out the wrong door. Okay, that's one thing. Yeah. I, no, yeah. that ain't happening. Um, and so um, I'd woken up um, to um, some uh, police officers at my feet saying, "You okay, mate?" Um, I was like, yes, yeah, so I was just having a, a rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move on. Yeah, no worries. So I just sat up for a second and I'm like, oh, God, where am I? I, <laughs> I still couldn't figure it out because I, I, I was on a main road, so I was like, this could be anywhere. because yeah. I'm still not a local. I'm like, oh, this could be anywhere. Um, so mm-hmm. what had happened was I didn't have a phone, so I was like, I've got to try and get a cab. Um, and so I walked, I saw a lady looking out her window. Um, and so i was like tried to wave it down and i've run into the the front yard this is like I would have been you know, five daylight yeah and um knocked on the door no one answered i'm like oh, i saw you in the window yeah yeah and so um left it there the cops um had come back is everything okay and i said yeah i said i was just trying to get the phone uh ask the lady for her phone if i could um, make a <laughs> phone call to get a cab i don't have a phone <laughs> Like, oh, we can give you a ride home. So This was before COVID restrictions. Of back course. The back of the was perfectly healthy. Yeah, of course. Um, and so um, I said, ride would be fantastic. I was only about five, five minutes from home. Mm. Got in the back and got driven home. And so the thing which was the worst part of this story was <laughs> my in-laws had come to stay with me for the weekend. Oh, no. And so... I was like, I'll knock on the door quietly so they don't wake up. Well, my mother-in-law answered the door. It's <laughs> the police car drove off in the background. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it wasn't my, my finest moment. No. But so what had happened, so we went into the club on the Monday. This, mind you, the, the police thing wasn't an issue. It never got brought up. No. You know, the, the club got called. Um, because the lady. I just thought I was, yeah. She, she recognised who I was. She was a FRIO member. She was a, yeah, she was a member. <laughs> and I think she thought I was um, trying to ransack yeah. her house <coughs> uh, for all my FRIO badges. Yeah. And so um, the club found out about that. Um, I wasn't in trouble. didn't get in yeah. trouble or anything. Yeah. I didn't get arrested or. all. Um, and so then the grey area had come out on the Monday. Like, should we have been drinking? Um, and so Ross had come in and said, all right, everyone sit down. Mm-hmm. It was tense Cut the air with a you know, knife Yeah It was really tense And yes. we knew what was coming So the boys I was out, out with So Nick Lower Decided he's going to get up And apologise Oh God He's going to say something I just wanted to say something
0: Prior to Ross He wanted to cut Ross off first
1: Yeah well, He didn't know when But he wanted to yeah. But he was going to be the one So Ross got on a bit of a rant You know Boys had been out You know We, we thought we were clear Was there a grey area May have been May not have been Put your hand up If you'd had a drink so about 20 hands went up, right? And so everyone else come up the front. So whatever, so they got the front. Oh God. And they go, "All right, who had two drinks?" Keep come up the front if you had two. Couple drift up, four, um six. And so one of the boys who was a renowned piecehead walks up the front and Rossi goes, "Come on." <laughs> He goes, you didn't have six and call it a night. <laughs> so 8, 10, 12, yeah. and we've still got our hands up, you know. And, and Nicola decided this would be his moment. Oh, no. And so he goes, he stands up, he goes, um, I just want to say, and he goes, fucking save it. <laughs> and he just sat back to his chair. Can you imagine the confidence
0: it's taken oh, to get the wheelbarrow to stand up and say something? Because and I, Ross just wanna, just goes I just want to
1: apologize. Fucking save it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sits down, totally deflated. <laughs> and anyway, so yeah, it ended up yeah, we, we weren't too clear on the. No. It should have been black and white. There was grey too area. much gray. grey. Great, hate grey area. No, you can't have it. You can't have it. Um,
0: last but not least, obviously, your beautiful girlfriend at that time, mother-in-law was. Uh, Family was there, but you end up getting married. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. When yeah. was that? Twenty uh t- twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Oh,
1: that's ages ago. Yeah. That's Only nine
0: years. Yeah, nearly. Um married in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
1: Yes. How was that? Yeah, was, that
0: was, was that was that a like a planned, planned wedding? Yeah we, yeah, planned,
1: yeah, we planned it. Um we were going on our um end of year trip. Um, a couple of St Kilda boys, um, Jack Stephen, Sammy Fisher, Rob Eddie again. Um we are going to Vegas anyway <coughs> um, and my wife and a couple of her friends were, just, were coming with us. And so we, we were talking about getting married and all that sort of stuff and um, the, the conversation came up, what, why don't we um, have a bit of a surprise wedding or we do something a bit different and, um, and we floated the idea that we could surprise everyone when we go on our, on our footy trip. And so we um, planned it, she took her, her mum's wedding dress that, um, so she fit into it perfectly. That's crazy um and then so we had to go there and register our, our marriage before we got married in secret the day we got there um and then we went out for dinner the first night um and so we got everyone around the table and everyone was trying to make a toast and i said like i was so nervous because i was yeah it was a real weird feeling because I, I didn't want to ruin people's trip yeah because like you're going oh, to vegas you know answer. like but you don't i didn't know not know it yeah. never happened to you yeah. so it's like am i like interrupting yeah. people's <laughs> like yeah. yeah. chance yeah. to really let loose and so I'm like, oh, God, do it. How do we do it? You know, yeah. I'm in an r Someone goes to make a toast. I said, sit the fuck down. So I've got to say something. And so anyway, I said, um, just want to let you guys know that we're, Sheena and I have decided that we're, we're going to um, get married. Um, you guys are the first to know. And they're like celebrate. That would have erupted. And, they're like, and I said, oh, one more thing. We're, we're doing it tomorrow. And they go, shut the fuck up. Oh. And I said, yeah, we're, we're getting married at the Stratosphere tomorrow at one o'clock. Um, so make sure you, you get there with your suits on or something close to a yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're off. They're like, this is the best. No, and so, and so it took off. And so we like had our kind of bucks hens together. Went out um, that night. Had a pretty massive one. Finished up at about three. Yeah. Um, my wife finished up at about 12. Did you stay? Did you do the traditional? Not really, no. no. Okay. It was it's a, not really traditional. It wasn't a traditional yeah. kind yeah, of thing. Tra- <laughs> so um, we ended up... Um, I went to bed at about 4 four a.m. and they they Jeez. kicked on. And so um, 11 a.m. when I told them to come and meet me at the room, they've banged on the door and I looked through the little door hole and instead of having suits on, they've got animal suits on, so they've gone to the costume shop oh and one's a cactus, one's a yeti and one's a, um, a penguin, you know, which I'll, I'll send you a photo. You yeah, probably show yeah definitely, definitely day. send the um, photo. But absolutely like epic weekend the best thing i've ever done in my life yeah um no pressure no stress no guest list no drama no you know all for me it was all about me and all about my wife you know and we we just went there and did our own thing yes you miss out on having your family there and everything but i go to weddings now and i go god just too stressful it's just too much you know there's so much going on in one day and it's just you're not getting anything. It's it's for everyone else. Yeah, it's not for you. That's sick. And so anyway, got married in Vegas. So I've, that's my claim to fame. So um, that's uh that's how I roll. That's unreal, man. Um, I might do that. I'm engaged, but Corona. You no, know, we didn't get engaged. That was the thing. Oh, you, did,
0: you just sick. go straight to the wedding. So that's why no one knew. Oh, was, well, that would have been good to add that in. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, that's yeah.
1: impressive. Yeah. So we decided. we're going to get married without telling anyone so that's when we so you
0: know you weren't even yeah right well that that is big news yeah so mate we've touched on a lot um just lastly what's what's next for zach dawson um an incredible career mate and i'm not just saying that like highs lows um but the man that you've come out of it is absolutely incredible um you've had such a, a balanced lifestyle your whole way through obviously studying which we touched on earlier but it sort of led to your post-footy now, like, you can go either way. Like, you were doing a little bit of work with Carlton, with the yep. Next Gen Academy. Yep. Um, also, about to finish your finance degree. Yeah. What do you see your life um, – you know, obviously, you've two kids or three? Two now. Two yeah. kids. Yep. Um, what do you see life like in the next um, chapter?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I was really um, – coming out of footy, I never expected to go back into footy. I was probably – once I finished footy, I was like, oh, I just need a bit of a, a break, so um, – I was ready for the next chapter and whatever's to come next and kind of found my way back into footy um yeah through carlton uh, at the start of last year mm. um and took to it to duck to water so um really loved especially the nga stuff i really loved that side of footy um loved the admin side um, which is probably where i see my future i'd love to be able to um, pursue that long-term um, so when
0: you say admin side, like I'd list like gen- management, sort yeah, of list stuff. management, general yeah.
1: manager of footy, like yeah. I love, I'd love to be able to get to that one point, yeah. that in one point in time. So um, how you get? There's never a, a kind of direct line to getting to that role. Yeah. So um, you look at Simon Lloyd at Geelong; he's been through coaching club psych. You mm. know, he's been through such a. You can't you can't just pick a one way yeah. and do it. Yeah. So, um, but long term, that's what I'd love to get to, and mm. I think by doing my finance, having a finance background as well as a footy background um 15 years in footy and then having my, my finance and my my commerce background i'm hoping that that can keep my options open at least definitely in footy so um that's that's the aim um who knows um but as i said um i'm trying to keep my options open and, and i think that um yeah, through all the experiences these were probably some of the low lights but no um, these are the highlights um it depends how you look at it but like <laughs> all these things have really kind of helped me um you know um prepare myself that I can get through a lot of a lot of crap mm. um and, and going into the working world you understand like you can deal with feedback you can deal with criticism you can you can bounce back you can and, and losing my job this year um through all the COVID situation um i, I attacked that straight away it was like i'm going straight back to uni go yeah. full-time smash out a full full-time semester um just because that's just how i'm now kind of naturally it's been ingrained in me from you know the habits that i built throughout my footy career so um, yeah whatever ha- i don't know yeah but I, i'm kind of feel like i'm prepared for whatever happens
0: yep i love just that last bit that you said about what footy's taught you and i know we've touched on it a lot but um not that you know i've had a, a one tenth of your career and your experience but i feel that and mirrored to what your thoughts are like how much those experiences have set you up for what's next mm-hmm. and if anyone can be set up for what's next. Uh, it's you Because you've Fucking done it all mate Like it, As I said earlier And I don't know how Much better to say this But like The person you are And Like from going through Some of those things That you did go through Early days Like It, it just speaks like Absolute wonders Of your character And I'm so excited To be able to hear this And to listen to your story Because it's It's honestly one of the best stories I've heard And I couldn't be prouder To call your mate Thank you for coming on the show And um You're always welcome. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on.